And um, I know some of you were just over with me on my live on Instagram asking me all sorts of questions about the big reveal last night. <laughs> For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, let me give you a clue. So that was that. But anyway, first of all, welcome. If this is your first time on YouTube, hello. If it's your first time on our podcast, we've actually been doing coffee moaning six days a week for the last two years. Yeah. And we suddenly, our lovely friend Michelle the other day said, oh, you should put it on podcast. So here we are now on podcast too. Yeah, there you go. Why we didn't think of that before. Lots of people liking it because, of course, you can pop it on in the car. Yeah, please like and subscribe to the podcast and here because we put a lot of heart and soul, a lot of thought... A lot of panic sometimes when there's stories of, yeah. like there are at the moment Which means on. that we get through a lot of underwear. <laughs> well, she does. Ah, oh, why do you have to do that? It's just a problem and I need to see a doctor. Well, you have seen a doctor. And you've I've got seen, your ADHD medication. I've seen countless doctors and they're all perplexed. In fact, I have a therapist now whose who's approach is not entirely dissimilar to punching me in the face. <laughs> well, that's good. I like her already, but you know what I would say is the ADHD medication. I don't think that has done anything for your impulsive sort of the like Tourette's part of the ADHD thing, where you just say from the thing. You're not and I think to. everyone here thinks, "Thank Christ for that," because one thing I have had ringing in my DMs this weekend is, "Mark, we've never known you so restrained in Glasgow." <sighs> A lot of people that was that were watching us in Glasgow stumbled upon us so you can't stumble upon us and then you be yourself in front of them because it's too much these people that come here regularly know what you like know what they're getting into anyway so we are going to today for those of you who are today, listening i'm currently rubbing my nipples yeah thank you um, <laughs> for those of you um yeah who are listening on podcast, you can come to YouTube and watch Mark scratching his nipples if you want. Yeah, it's really, really interesting. Okay, no, seriously. So, yes, we, you can um, you can hear us on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts, and obviously we're here. So sometimes we will mention names because we have our dear followers here, all of whom make this morning get-together around the water cooler what it is. You know, sometimes, obviously, we go on a rant the last couple of days. It's been pretty intense, and we've needed to, certainly Nadia has, need to be thinking quite seriously about what's being said and what we're talking about. But we realise that, you know, what you say and what you do. So when you hear us on the listening podcast talking to people like Faith Goodman and Mandy Nanny, uh, it's not people who've just walked into the room. No, we are reading <laughs> out the we're, comments. We're reading them from a live feed, like tra-la-la. What a shame we didn't get to see you, tra-la-la. Hope yeah, your daughter's feeling go. better. Hope you're, hope you're well. Anyway, so the big news of the morning, what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about Eamon Holmes and Philip Schofield. Um, it's, you know, fight, 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 fisticuffs, fisticuffs, fisticuffs. Who's going to... I, I quite... I pay good money to see them in the ring, you know, in that sort of YouTube fashion. There's that YouTuber who said, can we get them in a ring together? Mm. So Eamon Holmes last night, obviously, fanning the flames of this story, re Philip Schofield, um, and... Another story, or something else that we're going to talk about, which we stumbled across, well, not stumbled across, we found this morning, which is really interesting and quite a beautifully written and incredibly thought-provoking piece by the cook, is she, rather than a chef? Uh, she's Giz a great Erskine. recipe writer, DJ. Oh, she's very talented. She's beautiful. She's absolutely beautiful. And I, I, I like, she's, she's a fellow ADHDer as well, isn't she? And um, yeah, she's written a really powerful piece Yeah. Uh, about... Being 
feeling fat. She feels yeah, yeah, yeah. Fat. And body positivity and and something and I really I'm really interested to hear hear about from you about the idea that you know I've put it in the title. You know, is it unsisterly to not be able to sign up to the body positive politic and f feel all right with your shape? And I think that's a really interesting idea. So we're going to talk about that too. And I do briefly want to mention the bizarre story of Benedict Cumberbatch and family, uh, essentially their home being attacked by a knife-wielding chef. Beggar's belief. Bizarre, Horrendous. bizarre. But anyway, who saw, okay, let, let's... So let, first of all, just I just want to say I'm first of all... I just want to ask if anyone that, saw it whilst you're talking. And this is what I was just saying over on Instagram. You know, we have been here, as we say, for a couple of years. We always cover the big stories and then we cover, you know, bits and pieces as, as well and stuff from our life and all of this. And this has been a really tricky week for us, just talking specifically about coffee moaning, because I do have a rule that I don't talk about colleagues. I don't um, share opinions of other people because, you know, it's it's, it's, it's not my place. It's, it, I, I just got a rule about it and I... I don't say Well, you nasty. share opinions, but not about people you work with. No, no. no I, or I don't say this person no. thinks this, you no, know, about no, somebody else. Um, and, you know, Philip has now has now left ITV, and as I was just taking the piss over on Instagram, he's now free, finally, he's free, to quote him, mm. to speak his, his truth about this morning. Um, but, but we can't swerve this story just because I am you know, on a programme on ITV. We can't just swerve it. It wouldn't be right. So it is difficult. And we do, you know, discuss it a lot, Mark and I, on where we can go and what we can say. And I just want to make this clear. This isn't because I'm afraid of anyone. I'm not obliged. I can say whatever I want. Mm. But it's about walking that line of being very respectful to the people that I work with, to the many, many people that work on the productions that are good and decent and hardworking people and have been through a lot. Mm. And at the moment, it feels to me like that there's a blanket witch hunt out there where anyone that's ever touched the stone of ITV is horrifically culpable in some way mm. to a deep and dark and devious and awful, you know, set of circumstances. You know, there was a lot said yesterday for Eamon, a lot of which I agreed with, some of which I didn't. Um, I... It's just very, very difficult because I don't want to speak for anybody else, but... Can I... Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think... I, I, th I, think, I think you've trodden the line spectacularly brilliantly. Um, insofar as you are not prevented from saying anything at all, no. you are you are you are observing a professional courtesy to many involved. You have an opinion, as I see it, on Philip Schofield that you, which I don't mind saying, I never, which you liked now don't him. mind saying because, a of course, he's come out, he's come out, as, yeah, and he's come out saying that he's free and he admit, he's admitted that he's lied, and I think every, everyone sort of agrees agrees with all of that. Um, I also think, you know, in terms of, in terms of, you know, the, the story, you know, as it's happened, you know, lots of people, I think, it seems to me that the thing that people keep wanting to get getting hot under the collar about, people keep asking this question, ah, if you don't mind, I'm going to answer on your behalf in a bit. Oh, God, well, what are you going to say? Well, no, 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 people are saying, 
did you know what people, the, the huge majority of people knew was a rumour. To know of a rumour, to hear of something that might have happened, is not knowing something. And it seems, I think you're absolutely right, it seems that if anyone felt there was a rumour and, you know, you've got, you know, and you hear that the, you know, the channel have essentially done whatever they call their investigation. And we can, you can talk about the nature of that investigation, whether, you know, as Eamon Holmes said in the interview, no, did, are you having a, are you having a, yes, yes, is that an investigation? When he asks, oh, oh, when they ask right. each, each of the party, you, you, you know, there's a debate to be had about what was the investigation. And I think, um, unfortunately for everyone involved, I think until that's clarified, that th this is going to forever run and run and run. It's like, it's a bit like a sort of, it's a bit, it's a bit like the Conservative Party, isn't it? It's just going to keep going until someone says, can we absolutely understand what the nature of that investigation was? Was it just asking questions, as Eamon seems to suggest, or was it something more meaningful than that? But I think thing is, we can't get into this thing knows. of did anyone know? Because no. no, no one knew. But For but sure. you know, I've said this before: the rumours that you know and that are everywhere online, um, you know, and online, as you know, the journalists that I know, the decent journalists I know, will say is the wild west, where people can name people and people can ruin people's lives. You know. I mean, yes, of course I know who this person is. Of course I've spoken to this person. Of course, you know, there were many conversations within the building. But I worry about that person because his life is, 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 is just, it's just out there for everybody, everybody making suppositions. I don't see a lot of people saying that they're worrying about the impact on him. I've mm. seen a lot of people saying they're worrying about the impact on Philip, but what about this person? And that's why I would be so mindful and I'm so careful about what I say because this is a human being and I cannot even imagine how he must be feeling over this last week. No. To me... It's the worst film. And also, I know, you know, many people that I know that work on productions across across uh, the channel are in a really, you know, bad way about this. Not knowing what way to turn and what to say. So I just, I just will put out the call again. Please, please, please stop the witch hunt. Mm. Philip is the one that has said he has lied his back teeth out to everyone he knows. Philip is the problem here at the moment. You know, everything else we will find out. You know, if there was an investigation, we'll find out how that investigation went. But at the moment, we have no idea. There might have been an in-depth investigation. There might have been people brought in from outside. We just don't know. Mm -hmm. So, as we've said before on this, as, as we learned when Mark was in rehab, gossip kills, rumours kill. And I think until you absolutely know something, should be saying that. I think one of the I think there were two aspects to Eamon Holmes's interview that were interesting. I think unfortunately for him, he tipped into uh, a tone I think that could be very easily read as bitter 
as a sort of grudgy and, and all the things that, in a sense, Philip Schofield was sort of mentioning in his, in his message. And, and that, in a sense, diminishes the, the true value, I think, and the, where the real value, I thought, in Eamon Holmes' is. I think he came across very frustrated. For us, well, and I think one of the real values in what Eamon Holmes was talking about is that I, I you know, for many years, I, I feel there is a lot of absolute bullshit in television. In all um, corporations. And that's what I mean. In, in all corporations, this is not homing in on ITV. There, there is a, there's a lot of control. There's a lot of, e I mean, but, you know, when I say this, every industry has this. But in television, there is, you know, there's a particular line of kind of, there's a hierarchy, uh, you, know, pr the, you know, for example, you know, on-screen talent. I mean, the talent. When people talk about a crew, it's the talent is the on-screen talent. You know, there's a I hate that there's place. a huge yeah, and there's a huge hierarchy. Now, I think one of, whatever you think of Eamon, and you know, he's like Marmite, isn't he? Um, I have heard and I have seen. I've interviewed him a couple of times in the past. He has a very real personal relationship with whoever he's talking to at the point that he's talking to. Even you too. Eamon Holmes, years, years ago. Yeah, Watson before he was before this morning and all this really? kind of stuff. I yeah, yeah. Knew that. Incredibly affable, incredibly uh, sort of chatty, asking questions about you. And when you interview people, there are different types of celebrities. There are those who are just interested in everyone they meet. Hello. You know this woman here, and and, the, and to be honest with you, the vast majority of them are like. There's a huge number that are like. When they're not, though, they are really, really unpleasant and cold and arrogant and austere. And you know, I've t told the story many times of how I've, I've, I've my entire studio crew down tools because the presenter called. You know, said if you pay peanuts, you get monkeys. You know, there is that. You know. You can get really cold as ice individuals. And but I will always say, just like in any, in any other business. In any other business. So I don't think there's any more nasty no, no, people. No, 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 no. But, but what um, was refreshing but, about Ava's interview But when they're was... glorified, then you get a real problem. When yeah. they're put on a massive pedestal, you get a real problem. And I think you made a really interesting point, and this is about anyone like he's saying Philip Schofield is, is that if you're that self-obsessed and believe in your own importance that much, you have zero capacity to read the working environment in an honest fashion. I sometimes lightheartedly say to Nads, look, the reason those people there are really nice to you, it's not because you're not a nice person, they don't like you once they get to know you, but because you're off the telly, you generally are met with quite a sort of... <gasps> Oh, it's a favourable... No, 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 but it's true. No, your your no, sister saw, sees that, you know... It, there'd we... be no chance whatsoever of me ever getting full of myself. Getting what? Full of myself. No, 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 no. In this house. Because, no, because it's true, no, because no, you no. can forget and think that everybody likes you and then no, you no, have no, to remember the, the, the kids, The kids often say that. They're like, yeah, you'll say, oh, it's so nice <coughs> at such and such. And we'll kind of cast an eye at each other and go, well, yeah, because it's you. And, you know, we don't... You know, normal civilians, us, <laughs> we don't get the same treatment. And But you're not, you're not arrogant with all of that. Imagine that happening for you in a sort of studio environment, in a work environment, where what's happening is more and more fear, more and more the norm is not to challenge, not to look in their eye line. I saw there was another contributor, a model, who said she'd been on the show. Zero conversation before cameras turn over and then fake warmth. Well, of course, yes, there's a professionalism involved because everyone's listening on the ear, you're waiting for countings, timings, cameras, all that kind of stuff. But there's also a humanity aspect. And I think taking that kernel of thought, which is if you're off the telly, your experience of life is different. It's a different world. It's not always a kind of world because this is, you know, when this happens, it's absolutely not. But by and large, when you're out and about, you're treated, oh, wow, oh, yes. God, you're off the telly. And all that, that, that's a given. That is true. 
take oh, that walk around it, and then multiply nice. it by 60 million in a work environment, the last person to be able to comment on whether the work environment he was the top dog in was toxic or not is Philip Schofield. Oh, God, I just... So it was just good... So finally, it was just refreshing to hear Amy Holmes just talk in it. I find it refreshing when anyone talks for real about the way in which telly or film or whatever, how it works. This is how it, this is, this is how it works. You know, I've worked, you know, I mean, I've worked with many presenters where you're working really, really hard with contributors. I often used to say, we, we used to do a lot of makeover shows. And when we used to go into people's houses where you would remake a kitchen or remake a, you know, you, you're doing something, you're asking these people to open their lives to you. Yes, you're giving them something, but for them, for this family, this is potentially the most important thing that's going to happen to them. They're going to be on television. They're going to get a say when we did the kitchen well, show. They're going to the most like. No, no, no. Yeah, I'm not saying important because memory. we're important. It's a big memory. But, but for yeah. them, it's a it's a big moment. This is a big. You know, for us, it's one of twenty different shows we're doing. Oh God! So all you hear crew doing is, oh, we've got to get to the next place. Fair enough. That's your work. But and I would always instill in the in the production team. Don't go in there and be cursory. Don't go in there and just be dismissive. Don't go in there and just treat them like. This for this family is really, really important. And then, so you, you create that atmosphere. And this wasn't the reason I'm using our example is because you were the presenter and this wasn't the case. Then you get a presenter along and they're so excited about seeing the presenter. The presenter does this. Yeah, all right. Steps outside, goes on the phone. Doesn't want to know. And that is just, you know, this is what production teams have to deal with. But, and we've all done it. You kind of, you protect that you protect their right to do that. And then by protecting the presenter's right to do that, they believe it's their right to do that. And you can see layer after layer after layer after layer builds. And it's based on fear and it's based on hierarchy. And you know, and the hierarchy within television is that production really don't, I mean, I told you that story before, didn't I? Of a friend of mine, well, a, a number actually of, of people that I know that, that makeup artists that, you know, big names, the Jimmy Savills, the, um, what's his name? What's his name has just died? God. Rolf Harris. Rolf Harris. You know, they've just come in and straight away, I told you, you know, licking of the hands, squeezing of the boobs, and they've mm. gone to production and said, they've just done this, so what can we do in half an hour we're live? Mm. And actually, that person that's saying that mm. isn't a dreadful person. No. It's just in his job. They're not, not an enabler. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I just, I really want, I'm, I'm really desperate for people to stop looking all the time for who's the next person they can point the finger at. Mm. At the moment, let's stick with Philip and what's Philip done, you know. Let's, Jennifer, let's, let's Jennifer focus Winter. in on that and, like, try and protect this, yeah. this, 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 this man. Let's see some of your comments. Uh, Jennifer Winder, why did no one step in and say something to Holly and Phil about being cold and distant? Why is bad behaviour just allowed to happen? Well, hopefully what I've just said gives you a clue. It doesn't happen suddenly. It's, no. it's a gradual it's a drip, protection. drip. And as new crew comes in, new crew will come in and they will be, in a sense, the culture is... Say the culture's hardening like a husk. And as, you know, and then people move on, but the, it's still getting harder. People who come in, it, that's just the new norm, isn't it? So the new crew inherit the new norm, and the new norm is... It's really anything. funny, because really as a presenter, when you walk into a new job and there's a crew there, you literally, there's this split second where they're all looking 
to just see what they're going to get. That's exactly what I did with you. Yeah. And you were late. And you come, I thought don't she, say she's I was late, cause my, fucking I, late. This, I don't like this because I'm never late. No, it but you were. It was the production manager, see? And they didn't tell you. No, but it's important. No, but that's no, a case it's in really point. No, it's really important to me no, because exactly. I never get late I know. because I don't keep people I know, waiting. but there's a case in point. But as a production team, we're drawing all sorts of our own prejudices. They yes. get old, classic presenter. Oh, God, she's late. But yeah. what had happened was the timings were changed. But the production manager hadn't told the, told the crew. No, but it is a, it's no, important. It is important. So they think, oh, she's half an hour late. She's that type. Mm. And so, I mean, I'm always early. And But you do, you walk in and there's this split second and you go, oh, hello, everybody, what's your... And then you see them literally go, oh, all right, this is going to be an all right day. Yeah. I don't know if, Lee Peart, you're watching. You were an absolute nightmare the other week. <laughs> you, you, you've got all the makings of being a right cheeky bastard. No, I'm yeah. joking. Not at all. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, but so, it's been a... Yeah. ITV share price. Oh, look, yeah, it's going down. Crikey. Um, yeah. Um, so, I mean, obviously, you know, this... Yeah, we so we watched it and it was gobsmacking. There were gobsmacking moments in there. Uh, let's sorry, I keep it, saying we'll read it. A few it more really, really was. It, yeah, but again, I, I'm going to be very mindful. And all mm. these people, lots of people asking here, saying who is the loose woman? Again, you know, how do you know that this is actually a perfect trick? This could just be an opinion. Mm. So you know, again. Everybody stopped looking for who this this. I mean, I think at one point Amy said, "All the loose women hate them, and there's twelve of them." Well, there's not. There's twenty one of them, mm -hmm. <laughs> and not all of them do. Not all of them do, and not everybody, you know, speaks. <laughs> well, anyway, that's enough said. But yeah, you just have to be mindful. I think <laughs> talking for other people. Sorry, leave it, Mark. Please do not speak to talent in such a way. <laughs> Uh, you're perfectly allowed to be on your phone for as long as you want, Lee. Um, I have to say, Lee and I were WhatsApping each other a fair bit yesterday. And, and yeah, it, it's just about being mindful and respectful of your colleagues, I think. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. And also, I think, really a reminder that for so many people who have, you know, who know the person involved or yeah. know of the person involved, it's as distressing for them too, because there's genuine care and concern for someone who is being bounced around the news. I believe you, me, nobody knew story. that it was yeah. absolutely... The truth. People knew rumours. That was it. And really important caveat here. It's not a crime to be an unpleasant person at work. No, it's not. Um, so, you know, the fact that especially, Philip... Especially in our business. Yeah, and the fact that Philip was... I, I think what sort of fanned the flames and made this quite a sort of, you know, sort of a viable topic is the way in which Philip came out yesterday and posted his thing about uh, a toxic culture. So I, I think, you know, that in and of itself isn't the problem. And... Productions can enable this by just not sort of, but they don't even necessarily enable it consciously or yeah, in a, in a, in a way. It just happen like It's that. just like everyone's yeah. just getting on. Everyone's getting on yeah. and things drift. It's called drift, and yeah. drift is really tricky. But as management, it's really important to keep an eye on that, which I think I'd like to think, you know, when I would say these things to crew, you'd have a production meeting, you say, remember, 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 you're stepping into real people's lives. Mm. And even if it's a studio show, you're bringing real people in. So for people who come in to a studio, it is a massive deal. It might just be, you know, it's just another bloody annoying day at the office for Philip. You know, it's a massive deal when someone, a member of the public, sits down on a, you know, I've done it a couple of times when I was on Loose. You know, I know the gig in terms of what's going on, but my God, there's nothing like being a guest. It's frightening. So, you know, there were just little, it gives little inklings, doesn't it? If you know that the two hosts aren't going to even try and make it easier for you. That's not pleasant, is it? So, um, so there you go.
Can I just, before we get to Gizzy, because I think Gizzy Erskine is really good, I just want to say the, the Benedict Cumberbatch thing, they were left fearing for their lives as a knife-wielding chef attacked their house, took a knife to their, to their post box, um, threatened to, and um, was threatening to kind of go in. Um, what did he say at the local shop? He said something really strange. He said, I want to go and get Sherlock Holmes. I'm going to go and, dis I'm going to go and mess up Sherlock Holmes's house. I just thought, how frightening, how frightening, frightening for Benedict Cumberbatch. Terrifying. Yeah, they were absolutely, absolutely. terrified. He's been given... For, so, so when it says his home was attacked, what does that mean? Well, he was they, outside? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, terrifying. Da, da, da. Yeah, look, kicked through the front garden <gasps> iron gate, screamed abuse, saying, shouting, I know you've moved in, I hope it burns down. Oh, my God. He didn't give any reason for it, like there could be any sort of rational reason. Um, but of course they were all terrified and he, yeah, I, I think he sort of destroyed their sort of intercom on the door, but they, they have given him a three year restraining order. But how, how confident is that going to make you feel? It's not going to make you feel more comfortable, no. is it? No, it's just terrible. But for, You know, and I always say, you know, the thing is, we hear about stalking of famous people, but my God, it's, it's such a massive problem. Mm. And, and, you know... So many people get no support whatsoever from the police because the, the sentences are so pathetic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that people put up with the most horrendous situations for years with nothing being done. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah people tend to just chef. think of it as celebrities, but, yeah. uh, you know, it, it goes further and wider for sure. Angela Thompson, understatement of the day, the chef doesn't sound well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Oh, look, Jane Bentley, a friend of mine went on to this morning, but had Gok and Ryland. She said they were so oh. lovely and it was not oh, false. Well, there, there's them. a classic case in point. I love Gok yeah. and Ryland. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, all I hear is lovely things about Ryland. Yeah. Absolutely lovely things. It's lovely. Okay, Gizzy Erskine. If you don't know who Gizzy Erskine is, Gizzy Erskine is a chef. She was a TV chef. Cook, possibly more. She strikes me. She maybe is, she she's has restaurants, multiple, cookbooks. Uh, cookbooks. She's got a restaurant in Margate. Yeah. And um, she's also a DJ. She's so A funky. model. She's beautiful, absolutely. Do you know what, Martin? In real life, she's even more beautiful. Is she? Yeah, she's stunning. I hope I never meet her then. Um, she probably doesn't remember meeting me, but years ago we did um, we did something together on a cookery mm. shop. Remember, the chef nearly cut his thumb off. But anyway, I digress. Well, okay. Um, <laughs> but anyway, go on. You, you. Well, no, no, no. I just saw this story. She's written. I, I follow her on Instagram, and as you say, she's ADHD. I really, I really connect with a lot of what she has to say about compulsive behaviour and impulsive behaviour, and how that ties up with things like ADHD and what have you. And she, I just saw this piece today where she's in the Eye, and it's entitled "Gizzy Erskine." I feel fat. So why aren't I allowed to say I'm unhappy with my body? With my body, and what this is about is she uses a phrase which I thought was so interesting, where she says, "Why do I feel it's unsisterly?" I mean, she acknowledges that body positivity is a good thing and body diversity is a good thing, but she says, "I sort of have this stress of feeling unsisterly about the fact that I don't feel happy about having put on weight or, yeah. or not being the shape or size that I am." And I just thought she talked, and in the piece, she talks a lot about the kind of efforts she went to uh, in terms of losing weight and diets. I don't oh really know my what those God, are. yeah. But I remember her last year posting about this because mm -hmm. she wanted to get healthy. She wanted to stop drinking mm -hmm. and she wanted, and, and I remember watching her posts on Instagram and thinking, 
oh my God, you've done that thing. We've got so extra, I'm doing my 10,000 steps. I'm going to the gym five times a day. I'm going on the keto diet. And she said she swung from the keto diet to the South Beach diet and then back again. She avoided looking on the toxic scales because we know how that can mm. demotivate. Mm. She finally gets on the scales after a year, like thinking, wow, here I am. She gets on the scales and devastated that she's put nine pounds on. That's not just reserved for women. I had that moment. It completely destroyed me. It is. I can literally tell in this house when somebody has weighed themselves. I avoid I'm the scales joking. like I do alcohol. Uh, it's like a colour just changes yeah. and nobody wants to admit they've weighed themselves. And I think it's the most toxic thing you can possibly do is weigh yourself. Mm. Unless, you're very men unless you're very strong, mentally strong around body image, mm. Then, then fine. And I, I always say in here, don't I, you know, the thing is you can get on the scales, you've, you feel like you've done, inverted commas, everything right. Mm. Then you get on the scales and the scales don't say to you, wow, you've done really well. They say, do you know what? You're still a fuck up. Mm. And then you go, fuck this. And you go and stuff your face, drink a bottle of wine. And that, that's all, that has been my life back up and down, up and down, up and down. So I've really felt for her in this piece, but then she moved on to actually how devastating is to feel yeah feel fat. She feel says fat, I feel also... fat, and I hate it. I don't want to be fat. Um, this is these are her words, something like that, isn't it? And mm. then um, and she'd posted about this, and she said, you know, her DMs absolutely blew up with people sharing the same feelings of desperation. And, 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 you know, self-loathing. and But she also got as many messages along the lines of, where's your sisterhood? Well, she says you know, here... Don't now, not yeah. being fat. Well, I love what she She's says here. She says, me. I discovered the downside of body positivity. Feeling miserable about weight gain now makes me also feel somehow unsisterly. Mm. Um, line. You know, she, she says here, body positivity, which urges us to love ourselves or whatever our size, has gone mainstream. And in so many ways, it's a step forward. Women no longer have to live with the feeling that they're not desirable or even accept acceptable. But she said, I'm not happy. And in saying that she's not happy, she feels like she's not adhering to modern culture's attitude. that I'm You know, I think this is really important so because it's the flip yeah. side of pressure. Mm. Because you, it's almost like self-cancelling. You're not allowed, it's a disallowed emotion to think, actually, I don't want to be body diverse and positive. I feel shit about myself. I feel awful about this. This is making me feel, you know what I mean? And almost to own that feeling is, a, is, is going to be the start of your way out. Well, how does that, what does that make you think? Because I mean, like you often say, you feel, you struggle with body confidence. You, you, what was well, it you I don't have before? body confidence. No, don't exactly. Have any, I don't have any confidence. And um, I, and uh, as you know, I, you know, I don't believe in body positivity, body confidence, all these words I think are very, um, very tough for people that have real warped thinking around their bodies and the way that they look. Mm. And every day I have a conversation with myself about accepting my body here and today. And I said to you last night, didn't I? I said... I'm going to do some sort of a post on Instagram where I'm, you know, in a bikini mm. looking shit because today is the day everyone's going to be like crashing in on themselves mm. because it was the weekend. Some people were leaping into their bikinis. Other people were sat hot in their tops because they didn't want to show their arms and in their long trousers because they didn't want to show their legs. And all this shit is still there. Mm. You can keep saying body positivity. You can keep saying body confidence or with me, body acceptance. But... Same shit is there. Mm. But what I'm always trying to get across is 
to try and reduce the amount of voices in your head telling you you are worth less because your body isn't how you want it to look. But also, I think it's then easier to work out. I, I'm not saying, oh, be fat and be happy. Mm. I'm saying, whatever makes you happy, try to get to it kind of thing. Do you mm. know what I mean? Mm. So I want to accept this body I have, but I also want to be really healthy. I want to be at a weight that is healthy for me. You know, at the moment, I'm going through a real thing with my arms, and I hear myself going, I hate my arm. I hate my arms. And I do. I, I think about it. I think, God, I mustn't say that out loud, because... People will say to me, oh, but I thought you had body acceptance. And I thought you, mm. and my arms are much worse. So there is a kind of competitiveness mm. creeping into how confident or how accepting we should be. I think this is um, it's important to somebody say. Somebody just said there, it's one of the downfalls of, of sharing so much. Yes. But it's also, it, I get that, but also let's not, um, let's not underestimate that also the power of the conversations we are having the huge conversations about all of this will incrementally work down the line for the daughters of our daughters of our daughters. It's not all going to change now but because we're looking at, you know, so much history, yeah. baggage I mean, about what we're supposed to look at that we're trying to deconstruct it. Yeah, and I think it goes a little bit back to, I posted something on Mental Health Awareness Week where sometimes the very, the sort of the awareness that we all have to have or feel we have to have, there is an element of feeling like you have to have the awareness. And and I think that's what she's talking about there. You know, almost the pressure. Is there a sort of tyranny around not accepting that being body positive in and of itself isn't a great destination point or ambition or, you know, target, but actually that the in getting there, you potentially, if you just blinkered with that, you're going to get a new kind of stress. You're going to get a new kind of unhappiness and anxiety because actually there are huge parts of you that aren't subscribing to, as she says, this zeitgeisty kind of idea. Um, but toxic also positivity. toxic positivity, exactly. But I think it's really important that this happens for men too, straight and gay. I mean, like Liam McCartney here, I went to a gay male only club event. It's incredibly interesting how in the male spaces, the idealization of the perfect body is heightened in those spaces. Yeah. Incredibly, incredibly tough. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I, I, yeah, I mean, I'm... I mean, some of my you know, gay friends, male gay friends, these just, they go through absolute torture mm, about mm. their bodies. Mm. I mean, it's not, it's not just, just, just women, for sure. Mm. Um, but I think it's a really good conversation to have. Where do you find the balance between us as human beings trying to support each other into not hating our bodies and then not crossing over into not being allowed to just feel the way yeah. that we do about them. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it is, you know, and lots of people that have no issues with their body go, oh, God, this boring conversation, can we just stop talking? Mm, mm. Well, no, well, because for a lot of yeah. people, this is a huge part of their... Impressive. Of their, of their life. It takes up space mm. in your head. Mm. I mean, I just, I mean, you suffer terribly mm. with with your dysmorphia, don't yeah, you? Lee, Lee feels pressure to put on more muscle. It, it, Lee who? Lee Pitt. I mean, do it, you, it, Lee? It, it, it's hard. God, do you? Because it's... you're so muscular and you don't... But it's like you say, just yeah. because someone looks pretty to it's you... It's got nothing to do with actually the way you look. No, 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 no. It's got to do with the way that you feel about the way you look. But then I would imagine there's the added aspect, I don't know if this is the case, Lee, of maintenance. Because I can, I am, at, I am at a much better place in my head 
on a purely cosmetic level, if I'm thinking I've done that amount of kind of abs work in a week, I mean, it's literally, I attach self-worth to, to how yeah. much of that I've done. And it's not just about fitness for, for me, like it isn't for many people. It's about, look, her fi I just wanted to read her like final her line. Yeah, what was it she said here? We, she says, we've got enough on our plates. Has body positivity really made us feel better and love our bodies more? Really? So she asked the question. I think it's a huge question to ask. Some things it has with me, for sure. Mm. Seeing cellulite everywhere, seeing mm. rolls. You know, these really good Instagram posts where people are just sitting down and their rolls go. It has actually, that has actually helped me. Mm. Mm. The more that I see, because I was, you know, a real child of the, you know, 70s, 80s, 80s when they were using... 13-year-olds to, mm. to advertise products for grown women. And, you know, I, 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 I was a total victim of the, of the you know, of the advertising mm. cons mm. and actually seeing real people, seeing... Because lots of people don't like bigger women, you know, on the billboards. They mm. will say it. Friends of mine have said it. Oh, I don't think that's good. Wow. That's encouraging people to be bigger. And I'm mm. like, well... Not really. We've got so many different shapes. A lot of mm. people are still really against that work. And that, it, again, where is the balance? Do you think so one of the... We're not encouraging unhealthy behaviours, mm. but we're, we're not just squeezing people into this tiny one-size idea. Do you think one of the problems, just finally on this, is uh, her final line is, uh, I bet that until we learn to accept each other's individual needs and stop adhering to the zeitgeist, we will be weighted down by living with yet another, another unrealistic idea. Ideal. Where we've all got to be totally happy with ourselves. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, is this not the kind of hashtagification of everything? Yeah. So that as soon as... So even this will be something like... They'll end up being a hashtag like... Um, not pop, not body positive for all. Yeah. Everything needs to, for you some reason, be really... turned into a meme or into a trend or into... And actually, what I think she's done here, which is really clever, and if you read it, beautifully written, is she talks about the disconnect between sort of social media-driven, advertising-driven kind of ambitions and norms for the body and actually how every single one of our brains and bodies and guts is entirely... Um, unique and will deal with that ideal in completely exactly. different troublesome ways. So one hashtag, one size does not fit all. It's the perfect hashtag there you go. for the body positivity. You've got to and find your way. And then that will way. become a bind we'll You've have got to, to live find with your way. <laughs> My way is I had 25 voices saying horrible things to me every day about myself. I was my own best troll <sighs> and now I've got two or three. There but they're still there and they're always doing press-ups in the background, ready to attack me, bring me down. And it's just a case of just trying to quieten them. Someone so. somewhere. It's all about selling a look, no matter what that look is. And that's why it always feels discordant. Mm. Agree. Mm. Well, there you go, guys. Blimey. On another just quick one. Yeah. Obviously, I've lost weight recently. And <clears throat> this thing keeps happening to me where I go into him and people go, oh, and it's the funniest thing. They go... And then they go, how have you been? And I can literally see, and I keep doing it. I, always, I keep saying to people, you want to say to me, I've lost weight, don't you? But you don't know how to, because you right. don't know if it's allowed. And they go, well, I wasn't sure, and I didn't mm. know. It <laughs> is <laughs> tricky. I mean, it was really funny. It's a minefield. people aren't not thinking these things. People are just not saying them. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. the difference, isn't yeah, it? It's not, yeah. But hopefully we get to a point where there's a real mind shift as well. Dawn Decker says, the irony is that those who judge her probably feel exactly the same, but unhappiness is not de rigueur. Mm. 
Dorica, I love that. Hashtag unhappiness rocks. We're all supposed to be fucking happy all the time. Yeah. Hashtag anyway, fuck off Friday. Anyway, uh, please hit the subscribe button and the notification bell if you're watching on YouTube. And the subscribe and like if you are listening to some podcasts and tell, tell us about your friends. But only if you can say something nice. If you don't like us, just... just just pass us back. Go and find somewhere you do like. <laughs> um, just finally, lots of new uh, followers have joined us recently. So um, just to let you know, other stuff is going to be landing on the channel. It's been a long bank holiday weekend, lots of live stuff going on in Glasgow. Uh, podcasts will be landing this week. Vlogs will be landing this week. Movie content, you name it. Curly Cooks next weekend. So uh, business this weekend. is... This, sorry, this weekend coming. Yeah, absolutely. So um, for those of you who are new here, lots of various...